Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Amen. It's good to be back. (laughs) I love this family. I've been in this family for 40-odd years, and I just love being here. So it's a privilege to talk about where I've been this last few weeks. Um, I went, technically I went to babysit the grandchildren while their parents were at work there in Asia. This time last week I was coming back. Travel's a funny thing, isn't it? Hey. Anyway, here I am. And uh, I just want to tell you some really good stories about what's going on out there and encourage you to know that God is at work around the world. Yeah. Let me read you some things. Okay, this is about a man called Van. It's not his name. Um, He'd been in the Revolutionary Army for years and years and years. At 59, he was prepared to settle down, except for a void in his heart that sent him on a journey to seek for God. No one had ever shared the truth with him, but somehow he knew there had to be a God, and he knew he must find him. His quest took him wandering through the countryside. Two months later, He wandered through the countryside for two months looking for God. Two months later, he found himself in the city. He kept asking people, where can I find the great God? One day, someone told him that maybe he was looking for the one called Jesus. On further inquiry, he learned that people who knew about Jesus met in buildings with a cross on them. One day, he saw such a building and walked in. There, he met an elderly pastor. Can a man like me find the great God, he asked. The pastor led him to God's son, and Van returned home and was baptized. Isn't that a lovely story? Yeah, that's what the people like that. They've never heard of Jesus. And there's something inside. God's put eternity in the heart of man. Something inside that there must be more than that. How about this one? A young farmer married with six children. One day he accidentally tuned his radio to a Christian station. He listened with interest and kept listening for two years. After two years, he decided to accept Jesus. He was filled with peace and joy, in contrast to the constant fear of evil spirits that he'd known. You wouldn't believe how scary it is. Later, he moved back to his home and eagerly shared his new faith with his neighbours. Nine families responded and a house church was started. More recently, he's faced opposition. The house church families have been threatened with eviction from their village. And that means really the end of things because you have this family book, which if you haven't got that, you haven't got any access to anything. Four families gave in to the pressure, but the others have made it clear they're not afraid of persecution or death. He says, no one lives forever. If I die, I'll go to be with Jesus. That's the sort of faith you have out there. Okay, here's another one. One house church had four new believers. They wanted to baptize them by immersion. The only suitable place to do so was in the bathroom. So they got the people to climb into a large plastic tub. And these are like a big dustbin that they keep in their bathrooms because the water supply isn't very reliable. So they all got into this plastic tub and they poured water over them. That's how keen they are. This is good stories, eh? Do you want to hear another one? This is about uh, a previously unreached people. Um, There's a man, they call him Grandpa. 
He now follows Jesus, but he used to be a demon priest. Recently, he remembered they had some stuff stashed away at his house that he'd used for demon ceremonies in years gone by. He wanted to get rid of this stuff. They were implements of the way of the curse, he knew. So they were worth a lot of money, but that didn't mean anything to him. They put them in the fire to symbolize their rejection of them. After that, they put them in the creek. Grandpa kept saying over and over again, all I want is Jesus. All I want is God. I don't want any of this junk. All the demons ever did was hurt us and our family. All I want is Jesus. These are the people we're reaching when we go to Asia. And this last one, um, this is a testimony by a lady. She says, I'm a married woman with five children, all young adults. Last year I was sick, very sick. In fact, I got to the point where the family thought I was going to die. We'd been to doctors, to spirit doctors, but I only got worse. I was lying in bed, getting weaker and weaker, with a permanent shaking that was wearing the life out of me. Finally, as a last resort, someone in the family sent for my niece. We knew she was a believer in the Jesus way. I was beyond caring. I thought I was going to die anyhow. My niece arrived at my bedside and began to pray to her God. The results were immediate. I stopped shaking. I was infused with strength. And in 20 minutes, I was out of bed. And now I'm a normal, healthy woman. My husband and five children all come to the church and together we have decided to follow the Jesus way. We are now Christians. This is why we pray. We pray for signs, wonders, miracles that show that God is greater than any other God. Yeah. So more close to home. I think I told you, um, some of you previously, that Nat's sister was showing an interest in the Bible. And uh, she specifically wanted a small Bible that she could hold in her hand. So I managed to get a Gideon Bible for her. And uh, she said, I put it under my pillow and it's helping me to believe. Then this time when I came, she said, I hold it between my hands and I pray and I know he's listening and things are changing. And we're like, this is amazing. We haven't done anything about this. This is God working in her life. And uh, I said to her, have you, she's a Buddhist, was a Buddhist. I said, have you heard of the Easter story? She said, yes, yes. Julia gave me a book years ago and I read it and I believe it and I've asked him to take the bad things out of my heart and to put good things in and now I find myself wanting to do good things. So we're like, this is like watching a scene because we're not doing anything here. This is God at work in someone's life and isn't that what you want? In that sort of environment, the only way you stick with it is if you know it's God. Yeah. So, uh, so then now she's believing and wanting her family to believe. It's so exciting. And then I want to tell you about another man called, I'm going to call him Mr. G. And he's like a child of this church. We've mentioned him before. Um, a previous mission trip, we went over there and this chap was living in a guest house. And uh, Pastor Giles and Nat, um, for those of you who don't know, my daughter married a local man. And uh, they were talking to him because Nat can interpret and uh, he became a Christian. He went home to his village, got his family and many families saved. He's set up a house church. And now he's reaching out to the very, very rural areas around him. And Nat is like his mentor. Um, and he's set up, this man has set up a church. And he's trying to do some um, Bible school training with them. Uh, so Nat asked us to pray for this man, Mr. G., and uh, Nat has found himself with a bit of time every month 
and he's going to go down miles and miles away, hours and hours um, away into this little village down south where this man is. And he wants to go down once a month and he wants to encourage him. This man's got a family. Um, his third baby was died, was lost because of bad medical care. Baby was born perfectly normal, went for the vaccinations and everything went wrong and the baby died. But this man um, has persevered in his faith, determined to win the lost. He's an evangelist. Anyway, Nat said, please pray for him, Mr. G, add him to your list. And if you want to support Nat's visit down there, um, obviously he has to pay his own expenses and uh, he, we give gifts to this man because they don't have a lot of money, obviously. And he gives gifts to the churches that this man has planted. So if you wanted to support Nat, do talk to Pastor Giles or me. And uh, it would be about £200 a month. If you wanted to cover a month or just something a month, please feel free. And you'll really, I can tr you can trust me, it will go into our hands, directly into his hands to the work, for the work of the Lord, where he's winning the lost in the remote areas where other people can't go. I can't go. I would just be like a fairground show if I went down there. But this man can go kind of incognito and win families and households and villages for the Lord. So keep him in your prayers. And if you'd like to support that work, please do. So that's some exciting things, eh? Now I'm going to tell you a couple of things I learned while I was there. One of them was about a Rubik's Cube, and it was from a physics lesson. Now my physics teacher would be laughing out loud if he thought I'd learned anything about physics. Um, but he's in his grave. He may be laughing in his grave. Anyway, so what I learned was about um, how if you break a, a, an object down into smaller pieces, there's more surface area. Now, that might be obvious to you, but it wasn't to me. So if you break, I've got another little bit here look, that I took out. If you broke this down into its 26 pieces, you've got more surface area and it can go further. And if you crushed it into teeny weeny pieces, there'd be even more surface area. You probably all know that. Anyway, what it made me think when I was listening to this lesson was about Jesus and how he wants us to go all over the place. And how Jesus, when he came to earth to show us God, he was like one man in one place at one time. And he could show different facets of the love of God. And he could show what it was like to be a person on earth in the power of the Holy Spirit living for God. But towards the end of his ministry, he said to the disciples, it's better for you if I go away. Because I'm going to send my Holy Spirit into each one of you. And you're going to go to different places and do more than I can as one person on the earth. And over the years since Jesus said that, he's multiplied himself over and over and over again. And people have gone to the ends of the earth, such as you've heard this morning. But they've all been kind of the representation of Jesus, haven't they? Like even if this was ground to dust and blown... Wherever it landed, it would still be this, wouldn't it? And where we go, we're still taking Jesus and being Jesus wherever we go. When you go to work, when you go to school, when you're with your neighbours, when you go to the shops, you're still being a representation of Jesus on the earth. But you can show Jesus in ways that other people can't. Like this chap, Mr G, he can go and be Jesus to the villages in the mountains 
in a way that I can't. But he couldn't come into my speech therapy clinic and be Jesus there. Do you see, you can be God, who God has created you to be with all the things that have happened in your life and it's equipped you to be what somebody needs. Yeah, so we don't, any of us have to say, oh, well, I'm not a great missionary going to the ends of the earth. I'm not a great leader. Because, but I am me. I am me and God has made me me and done what's happened in my life and allowed maybe what's happened in my life so I can be able to reach people and tell them, yeah, it's okay. I've been there. I've been in that dark place. I've not been you in it, but I've been there. And I can show you how Jesus helped me. So I just thought that was an encouraging word. Don't forget the Rubik's Cube. And even more brilliant is that I managed to get a piece off. Yes. Okay. So the other thing I learned about was a picture I had. And it was um, the title of this word, really. And it was called, What is in your cup? I had a picture of a heart with a wine glass in it. Now, I looked on Google for a picture that we could put on here. And I found 429,000 pictures of hearts in a glass, but not one picture of a heart with a glass in it. So I'm sorry, there isn't one. But that was the picture I had. I was praying, asking the Lord for a word when I was going to go and teach a small group. And there was this picture of a heart in a glass. No, a glass in a heart. That's right. And I was like, what does this mean? And this is what I felt that uh, the Lord was saying. That each of us are born with a heart of hearts. And in it, God wants to put eternity. He's put eternity in the hearts of man. He's put a longing for God in everyone's heart. And for whatever reason, people's hearts get full of different things. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Sometimes people learn early on about Jesus and invite him to fill that cup. Others of us, sometimes our lives go on and people do things and we do things and the cup overflows. The Bible says my cup overflows. So whatever's in that cup is going to overflow. And sometimes we like what we see and sometimes we don't like what we see. And all of us will come to a place in our life where we say, Do you know, I don't like what's in my heart. I don't like some of what's ru- running over in my life. And for some people, they hear the good news because the Bible says that God will take away the heart out of our flesh and give us a new heart and fill us with his spirit and give us a whole new beginning. Some people hear that. And it's such good news, as you've heard this morning. I can have a whole new life. And it's true for all of us. God will take away that old heart that's been battered and bruised and darkened and give us a new heart with a new cup in it to be filled with his spirit. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, guard your heart above all else because out of it come the issues of life. So this heart of hearts, we need to guard it against what might come into it. It also says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now that's Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So sometimes we find ourselves saying things that are in our hearts. We've always said, rubbish in, rubbish out. (laughs) Yeah, what comes in will come out. 
And I think I've used before the illustration of this uh, holiday home we went to. Do you remember I told you that uh, we turned on the taps and wasps came out in the water? And uh, we were like, whoa. So we phoned the landlord and they said, oh, we had a wasp infestation, a wasp nest in the attic. And obviously the wasps had all died and dropped into the water tank. So when you turn the tap on, out came the wasps. <laughs> Lovely, eh? But isn't that like a bit of an illustration? If we've got wasps in the heart, they'll come out of the mouth. Yeah, we find ourselves saying and doing things that perhaps we wish we hadn't. But the, the brilliant news is that God will give us a new heart and a new spirit in it. And with the Holy Spirit comes all that God is. You know, we don't all get a little section. We get all that God is. Yeah, we get the fruits of the Spirit. Some of you can rattle them off, but let's not rattle them off. Let's imagine the wonder of it that you get filled with God's love, God's joy, God's peace, God's long-suffering, God's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. When you invite him into your heart, you get all that. You get all the names of the Holy Spirit. It says he's our guide, our teacher, our comforter, our counsellor, our helper, our intercessor, our advocate, our strengthener, our standby. All these come when you receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. And then there's more. You can be filled even more with the, with the gifts of the Spirit. The dynamic supernatural, like that lady who was dramatically healed. We all have access to that one Holy Spirit who gives us these things, discernment, the gift of tongues. Wow, I heard an amazing thing the other day. You may wonder about the gift of tongues. I heard somebody who'd had a, a mild stroke and she couldn't pray. She couldn't pray in words. She couldn't, you know, it affects your speech. But she could pray in tongues. Doesn't that make you know that it's from your spirit? Isn't that interesting? I've known, I used to work people with people who have a stammer. And they used to say they don't stammer when they're praying in tongues. Because it comes from the Spirit. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's a private language for you and God that builds you up on the inside. I recommend it. I recommend it. So the Bible says, what can I give God for all the good things he's done for me? And it says in Psalm 116... Verse 12 and 13, it says, I will take the cup of salvation. What can I give God back for all he's done for me? What I'll do is take the salvation that he's given me. Then the next question is, what am I going to do with all that God has given me? Yeah, so I'll take the cup. I'll take all those wonderful things that the Holy Spirit brings. But what am I going to do with it? And you know, it's, this isn't a law, but this is the grace and the invitation to take what God has put in your life and share it. Spread the love, yeah? Spread the joy, spread the peace. Because if you keep asking God to fill you, I do it now every day. I ask God to do like an oil change in my life. I say, this cup, Lord, during the course of the day, there's been things that I don't like and whatnot. Could you just empty it out? And could you fill me again? I don't make a law of it and I don't make a big thing of it, but I just say, Lord, let's have a new beginning today.